Prescott back. Little swing pass on the right side of screen for Dowdle. Two great blocks. Ten. Five. And he streaks in. It's a Thanksgiving Day touchdown for Rico Dowdle. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. That was the call of the Dowdle 15-yard touchdown reception. The first score of the game for the Dallas Cowboys on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas as the Cowboys embarrassed the Commanders 45-10 on Thanksgiving. And you just heard the report from Ian Rappaport. A shakeup in Washington. Commander's defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio has been fired following another crushing defeat. And uh, Rappaport followed that up with another tweet just three minutes later saying, Ron Rivera will be taking on a bigger role defensively with the play calling. He goes back to his roots and the team should benefit. Isn't it funny how Ian Rappaport seems to be reporting straight from Ron Rivera's mouth? And uh, that's just so typical, right? Is the team going to actually benefit with Ron Rivera calling the plays? I wanted Ron Rivera to be fired. I mean, seriously, is is it making a difference? Firing Jack Del Rio, is the team actually going to improve? Do we want the team to improve, right? I told you guys for the first time in my lifetime yesterday, all right, part of it's because I was here in Disney World, right? But I, one, didn't want to watch the Commanders because Ron Rivera was the head coach. Two, I wasn't going to root for the Commanders because Ron Rivera was still the head coach. I have no interest in seeing this team win any more games. I'm tired of Ron Rivera. I'm tired of his antics on the sideline. I'm tired of watching his team play the most uninspired football of all time. And I'm tired of the defense that he brought in, the defense that he spent multiple draft picks on, stinking it up over and over and over again. Last year, last week was Tommy DeVito. Last night, it was Dak Prescott with touchdown pass after touchdown pass after touchdown pass. Here's another one of Dak Prescott just carving the commander's defense open like it was a turkey last night on Thanksgiving. Here's the call on 105.3 The Fan. Snap to Prescott, fake to Pollard. Deep and going to the middle, and there's Cooks all alone. In the middle of the end zone, touchdown Cowboys. 31 yards from Prescott to Cooks. 31 yards, wide open, double move right in the middle of the field. Two guys couldn't cover him into the end zone. Was that the embarrassing score that led to Jack Del Rio being fired? Because there were more of them. We go on. We could go on all day playing these calls. Let's hear another one. Dak Prescott throwing it deep here on 105.3, the fan. Down and a short two, snap to Prescott. Great protection. Throwing it in the right corner of the end zone. Lamb, bobbled, caught, touchdown. There's your turducken. There's the turducken and the commander's butt whooping, 45-10. to 10. But it didn't stop right there. It got to embarrassing fashion as Dak Prescott threw one more touchdown pass, one of four in his 331-yard performance. Quarterback rating 142.1. Last week we were embarrassed by Tommy DeVito's 137. Dak with even better uh, against this commander's defense. So I, I, maybe this touchdown is the reason Jack Del Rio was fired. Roll the tape. Third and six. With the Washington 34. Prescott back. Terrific protection. Going deep to the middle. 
Little Ferguson all alone. Sorry, Turpin. Turpin all alone in the end zone. That was easy. 34 to Turpin on the touchdown. And just like that, the Cowboys score 25 points in the fourth quarter. I mean, this was a 20-10 to 10 game at half. In fact, there was a, ch a time in this game where Washington was down by one score with the ball in the second quarter, and it looked like, hey, maybe they have some fight today. Maybe there's a chance that they could keep it close. They were able to run the ball. They were able to throw it uh, during the game, but the defense just could not get a stop at all as the Cowboys cruise to victory and now go to 8-3 and three on the year. They're 5-0, and 5-0 from Jerry's world, while the Commanders fall to 4-8. and eight. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open. 833-804-0910. Reacting to the news that Jack Del Rio, the f defensive coordinator, is out of Washington. Let's go to Jimmy Loudmouth. Oh, I love when he calls in. Jimmy Loudmouth and Herndon. What's up, buddy? Hey, Adam, Jack Del Rio, heading down the Del Rio, heading down the river, out of there. Yes, yes. All right, one for two, only one more to go. This is great news. I know that yesterday's loss was awful, but man, oh, man, what a great thing to wake up to this morning. Jack, hit the road, out of here, buddy. Back, 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 gone. Yes. Well, I love the passion and energy, but I will say this. I was hoping for a blowout. I got the blowout because I wanted Ron Rivera to lose his job. Are we just supposed to settle for Jack Del Rio here? Oh, well, for now, sure. Why not? You know, you know, there's still time to get Ron out of there. River Dunce, Ron. We can, we can get him out of there in a week or two. I mean, I, I'm fine. This is a good, this is a good sign. We got rid of our defensive backs coach as well because so, they were playing like trash. So, you know, I'll take this. I'll take what I can get, you know? Like, it's, uh, you know, it's not the full buffet, but it's uh, but it's bottomless wings. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's, it's not too bad. We'll take it. Do you think Jack Del Rio pops up as a defensive coordinator next year in the future? I kind of think his NFL career might be cooked after how embarrassing his defense has been this season. I, 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 I think his best bet might be college if he, if he even gets that. <laughs> Uh, I don't think yeah. he has a he has a shot at, at the pro level anymore. His time in Oakland, his time in Jacksonville are just kind of mundane, and so he was never stellar. And then he was straight up bad for us for the most part. So I would say Jack Del Rio's career in the NFL is completely finished. And um, we don't, you know, the NFL doesn't need him. You know, we, the NFL does not need Del Rio, and uh, Del Rio doesn't need the NFL. Just just stay away from us. Stay away from the league. <laughs> I don't want to ever see that guy on television ever again. Is that too bold? Is that too much? I just, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I feel the you. same way about Ron Rivera, right? So I, I agree with you. I'm tired <laughs> of watching Ron Rivera cross his arms on the sideline as our team loses by 35 points to our arch rivals on Thanksgiving. Uh, so, um, Jimmy Loudmouth, I, I was saying I didn't want to watch the game. I had no interest in watching the Commanders on Thanksgiving. I'm sure you watched, though. Give me a few of your takeaways. Well, I think that uh, we we actually hung tough in the first half, and that was fine, and it was a fine game watching it. And the problem is that we just tend to unravel, and that's what we did against the Giants, and then we did the same thing here. And it's just like when we start letting the game get away from us, there's no there's no uh, sense of someone being able to you know rally the troops and bring it all together. And I think that's that's a 
telltale sign that the defensive coordinator and that the head coach have to go because that's the way it's been. Eric Bieniemy is the only new member there, and quite frankly, we need new blood. We need new people into the organization. We started with Dan Snyder, and he's now gone, and now we've gotten rid of Jack Del Rio. One piece of the puzzle left to go, and then we can look to brighter horizons. Jimmy Loudmouth, thanks for chiming in. Mr. Loudmouth, I hope you had a full mouth yesterday on Thanksgiving. Oh, full, full, full turkey, full of hot air as usual, my friend. You know it. <laughs> thanks, buddy. Yep, good call, man. 833-804-0910. Phone lines are open if you want to vent about the Commanders. Uh, give us your thoughts on the VCU game or more as we are reacting to the breaking news that Jack Del Rio out, fired as defensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. It's a special edition of AWOD on the road here at Disney for the ESPN Invitational at the Wide World of Sports Arena. And I'm uh, filling in AWOD on the road early today, filling in for Michael Phillips, who's enjoying... Thanksgiving uh, weekend with his family, but he's also working after the commanders now released this statement. Uh, head coach Ron Rivera says, quote, today I relieved Jack Del Rio and Brent Wieselmeyer of their duties. I appreciate all that they contributed to the organization over the past four years and wish them all the best moving forward after the commanders were embarrassed by the Dallas Cowboys. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open. 833 That's just it, is that the, the loss yesterday was so embarrassing that they had to do something, right? At least put up a fight against your arch rival on national television in the Dallas Cowboys, but they couldn't even do that. And so it just felt like a decision had to be made. I was hoping it was going to be Ron Rivera, uh, but instead I guess the circus continues under Ron as he fires Jack Del Rio. Now he will take charge of calling plays on the defensive side of the ball as Washington still has to face off against the 49ers, the Dolphins, the Rams, and the Cowboys. I'm not sure the defense will improve that much. If you want to chime in, 833-804-0910. I'm Adam Epstein. This is AWOD Radio. My producer, Stubb, picked the best year to become a Commanders fan. Year one of supporting the Washington Commanders. What a circus. My goodness, as the team loses yesterday and falls to 4-8 and eight on the season. Are you still holding out hope for the playoffs, Stubb, or are you starting to realize that uh, this is a sinking ship? Uh, I think I gave up on playoff hopes like three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I'm curious. I mean, what were your uh, thoughts on that game? It was bad. I thought they played bad the whole time. Um, I, I yeah. guess Sam was okay, as, or, or like a little better, but I, I don't think any other player or part of the team really excelled in any way. Yeah, I mean, the scoreline is a little bit deceiving, the fact that it was 20-10 to 10 at half, and Washington did have 10 points, but, you know, I was watching the game cast while following VCU from uh, the VCU game there, and it just kind of seems like a punt fest in the first half that, you know, maybe Dallas just wasn't executing, and then as soon as they started executing, man, they put up points with the quickness, and it really got out of hand in that fourth quarter. Yeah, it, it seemed like them at their fourth quarter was just kind of what I'd have expected them to play like the whole game. I think we could yeah. have easily looked at like a Broncos Dolphins score part two. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you there. What questions did you have for me uh, following the 45-10 to 10 win for the uh, Dallas Cowboys? Well, my first one will be, are we going to win another game this season at all? I don't think so. I don't, and, and I'm okay with that. I really am. Um, you've got Dolphins <laughs> next week. Dolphins are one of the best teams in football. I mean, that could be with, with the Ron Rivera calling plays on defense. They might score 71. They might <laughs> score more than they scored against the Broncos. Then you have the Rams the week after that. That's the only winnable game I see on the schedule, but it's in L.A. The Jets the week after that, I mean, it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback for the Jets. Their defense is going to eat our offensive line up. They're going to probably have 12 sacks on that game. And then 49ers and Cowboys to finish the season. A season that started 3-0 in the preseason. Everyone was hyped for the Josh Harris experience. And then started the season 2-0. And it felt like, hey, maybe Ron is here to stick around for another year or two. But the loss to the Bills, then the loss to the Eagles, the Thursday night massacre to the Chicago Bears 20 to 40 to 20. Ron decides to hold up the sign, do your job. It works for one game. Commanders beat the Falcons. And then, since then, they've lost five of their last six. The only win being the lucky road win against a terrible New England Patriots team. What other questions do you have for me today, Stubb? Uh, this one might be a little more controversial, but is Terry McLaurin washed? Is he done? 11 targets, four receptions for 50 yards? He didn't you know, really show up last game either. Yeah, you're not the only one who said that. Uh, I saw a few people on social media, media saying, is Scary Terry tamed now? Is he mid-McLaurin? Uh, because he just isn't popping off uh, like he usually is, and I think that's more on the offensive line. All right, I really feel like, and I am a big off, uh, Eric Bieniemy fan as the offense coordinator. Now, I know as of late, a lot of people have soured on him, and the offense hasn't looked as good and, and not high power, but I do think he's changed his game plan to match Sam Howell and to match the players around him, which is nobody. There are no playmakers in the offensive line. The tight end's not good enough in Logan Thomas. And because of that, they're able to double McLaurin. They're able to spotlight him, focus on him. He's in their scouting report. He's part of the game plan. And because of that, you haven't seen him uh, be as impactful. Now, I will say, five receptions for 73 yards is still the team leading. And he had the long play of the 36-yard catch. But uh, it's an interesting question. You're not the only one throwing it out there. What's going on with Terry McLaurin? My answer is I think it's more to do with the offensive line not letting him get downfield because we're doing quicker throws. That that makes sense. Uh, you know, uh, everyone agrees our O-line's bad. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, bad, bad might be the understatement. I mean, this might be the worst offensive line in the history of the NFL. <laughs> I'll take your word on that. Yeah. All right, Sam Howell, we love him. He's doing good, but he keeps making these big mistakes every single game. At least one. That's two pick sixes in a row. Are these yeah. kind of explosive mistakes kind of equalizing the good that we're seeing from him? No, I don't think so at all. I mean, look, you're you're down what you know, thirty-eight to ten in the fourth quarter, and you throw a pick six, uh, big freaking whoop. You know, uh, his stats were still decent, three hundred yards. Uh, did have a touchdown run. Uh, I mean, he showed some real moxie on that touchdown run, some heart. And and here's the thing: is we're not talking about this enough. Sam Howell's getting beat up. He's getting marked, dude. They're they're treating him like he's in a C fight every game. Everybody's hitting him. Hits to the head. Doesn't matter since he's a rookie. Basically, he's not getting the the flag on that stuff. The amount of hits that I saw him take last night, 
I'm just glad that he's going to wake up today and not be, uh, you know, destroyed. I mean, so I think they've got to do a better job protecting him. It's not just the offensive line, though. Uh, Sam Howe's got to do a better job of protecting himself when he gets out and run. He's got to be able to slide better. Yeah, he's running in for a touchdown the last two games, and both times he he got trucked crushed. for those. Absolutely yeah. crushed. Yeah. yeah. So you got to love the heart on that, but uh, it's a it's a little bit like, man, don't. Uh, don't put your career in jeopardy just for one play. Yeah. All right. This is uh, a topic that came up because I watched it with my parents at home. And yeah. I was like, okay, game's over. And my mom always tells me that you can never give up on a Washington game. How right. soon? It's not over until the fat lady sings. <laughs> but, but with today's, with uh, yesterday's game, how early do you think you're allowed to give up on a Washington game? Or do you think never? Um, no, I mean... If it's double, if it's a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter, it's it's over. They are here's the thing with the Commanders: they're great at getting garbage garbage time scores and making games interesting uh, that they should have been blown out in. And uh, not as much this season, but in, in seasons past, it used to happen all the time. I mean, that's what Kirk Cousins was known for: stat padding in the fourth quarter. You're down twenty-eight to seven, and all of a sudden he gets two scores at twenty-eight, twenty-one, and they kick an onside kick. And and, and so I, I get what uh, I get what your parents are talking about there with, with that conversation. You know, hey, is there a chance? And and good on your parents for, you know, holding out hope that that maybe the Commanders could make it a game and you guys could all celebrate on Thanksgiving. But, um, yeah, just such a disappointing loss, 45-10 to the Cowboys, which leads to Jack Del Rio being fired. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105-1 FM, we haven't talked about it much, but it is rivalry week in college football with the Hokies of Virginia Tech Bowl eligible if they can get a win when they travel to UVA and Scott Stadium. That game's coming up tomorrow right here on 910 The Fan. We'll preview it with Mike Barber coming up next. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. It's Black Friday, and it's a special AWOD on the road broadcasting live from Orlando, Florida, here at Kitty O'Shea's Irish Pub and Buffalo Bar. Happy hour daily, 2 to 7. They've got all the basic drinks, ciders, IPAs, Irish classics, and more. I tried the Buffalo Wings yesterday. The sauce, the sauce was delicious. It was the best sauce I've had in a long time. Great wings here. And uh, it's fun to be broadcasting live here. I'm sitting on the patio. It's a beautiful day here in Orlando. I just wish it would heat up a little bit. Uh, It's about 63 degrees, but I'll be heading back to the wide world of sports complex in a little bit to check out Penn State. Virginia Tech plays in the afternoon, then VCU in the night game at 8 p.m. against Boise State. But it is rivalry weekend in college Football and the Hokies will be traveling to Scott Stadium in Charlottesville, and they can be bowl eligible with a win against Virginia. But here to break it down with me right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline from the Richmond Times-Dispatch is Mike Barber. What's going on, Mike? Good to talk to you. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you, too. And these two squads, of course, did not face off against each other last season because of the tragedy that took place on UVA's campus, and now because of the bowl eligibility, the rivalry is back and it's heightened. Yeah, you know, I think this really 
maybe more clearly than, than the Justin Fuente, Bronco, Mendenhall eras. This feels like a, a new chapter in the rivalry. You mentioned they didn't play last year. This will be the first time coaching uh, in this rivalry for the two coaches as head coaches, uh, Tony Elliott at Virginia, Brent Pry at Virginia Tech. Uh, something on the line in this game, right, with the Hokies looking for bowl eligibility, Virginia the chance to spoil that and, and end their year uh, on an obvious uptick. Uh, so this this game has a lot more juice than I think it looked like it was going to have uh, sitting in week three or four of the season. Let's start with the keys to the game, and uh, we'll go with Virginia. Uh, to me, I think it's they got to get their star wide receivers involved. Washington and Fields have been incredible this season. Washington, uh, I mean, 1,300 yards, nine touchdowns. Uh, and Virginia Tech defensively has given up the big plays in recent weeks here. So for UVA, I think they've got to get their wide receivers involved. What would you say, Mike? Yeah, I, you know, I think for Virginia, it's all about that offensive line. The games where they've played well and protected, uh, everything's looked pretty good. And the games where they've been just overmatched, uh, Virginia's really never gotten things going. So it's going to start there. You know, the matchup in the secondary is going to be interesting because Virginia Tech's very banged up. I think when we talked to Brent Pry on, on Monday or Tuesday, uh, he listed like four defensive backs who are injured and questionable for this game. Uh, Tech isn't expecting to have Kelly Lawson, the very talented uh, inside linebacker who you know, has the speed and athleticism to make plays and, and really has been part of uh, t- turning around that defense. So Tech comes in a little banged up defensively. Uh, if Virginia can play well in the offensive line and if Anthony Calandria can play, when I say error-free, not error-free, but turnover-free, no major mistakes, nothing catastrophic, uh, that's going to be key for Virginia. It's going to be a good one on ACC Network tomorrow at 3.30 p.m. Five and six Hokies travel to face off against three and eight UVA. And like Mike said, two second-year coaches, but meeting for the first time in this in-state rivalry game for the Commonwealth Cup. I think for Virginia Tech, they've got to be able to establish the run. Drones has been really well, uh, been really good at running the ball this year, but, but Tootin, Two carries, minus three yards, and lost to NC State. They've got to get him going. Yeah, that was a mistake, and Brent Pry admitted as much uh, when we spoke to him this week. And I think that's where Virginia Tech has a big advantage, though. Drones and Tootin being able to run that football uh, against a Virginia defense. It's been very hit or miss against the run. Um, you know, Not only does Virginia give up yards, but they give up big plays at times uh, out of that run. Uh, I think that's where the Hokies have a big advantage in this one. I, I expect them to be able to move the ball on the ground, and I expect Tootin or Drones or one of those guys to, to break at least one of them that, that goes the distance. Now, the series record for Tech leads 60-38, to 38, but uh, this is going to be an interesting one. I, I almost feel like uh, UVA is going to play loose, right? They're at home. Uh, they've really played well with Calandria as the starting quarterback, where it's Virginia Tech who had a chance to be bowl eligible last week and had a stinker against NC State and UVA's former quarterback, Brennan Armstrong. So I don't know about you, Mike, but I do think Virginia Tech's going to be the ones playing with nerves. Yeah, well, I think there's more pressure on the Hokies, no doubt. Uh, I think Virginia's done some things at the end of the year to feel pretty good about. I think as long as this game's competitive, they're going to feel like they've ended the season on an uptick. Virginia Tech has been so up and down. I mean, there there have been stretches where we thought, wow, this team, I mean, there was a point where we were talking about this team maybe sneaking its way into the ACC title game, and then it was non-competitive when it went to Louisville. 
Um, it was dominant at Boston College, you know, 600 yards of total offense. And then you mentioned, really, I thought, disappointing uh, against NC State. You know, it's a home game, uh, senior day at Lane Stadium. Uh, I really thought Virginia Tech was going to take care of business in that one and come into Scott Stadium with some momentum. The fact that they didn't, yeah, I think, you know, Virginia's got an edge in that regard. I think Tech's got some pressure on it. I think Tech's a little probably down on itself, whereas Virginia's feeling pretty good going into this game and playing well. I expect this one to be a really close game, but also a good game, a game that's played pretty well. Yeah, no, I'm with you, and you're right with Virginia Tech. I mean, dominant against Syracuse, then didn't show up against Louisville. Dominant against Boston College, and losing at home to NC State where you could have finished the season undefeated at home in the ACC and the other uh, uh, only loss being the Purdue game that had that crazy six-hour delay. So home field advantage was huge in Blacksburg all season long for the Hokies, but not in that game against NC State. Mike, I wanted to give you this time before we let you go to go through maybe some of the weirdest moments or unforgettable plays from this rivalry between Virginia Tech and UVA over your years on the beat with the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Yeah, I mean, the, the very first one was, was Cody Jernell. I think it was 2012, uh, hitting a game winner in a pretty ugly game. I think it was 17-14, if, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, you know, and, and then for me, that you know, it's, it's easy to say, and, and maybe it's recency bias, but it was the back-to-back games with Bryce Perkins uh, in 18 and 19, 18 where it felt like Virginia was going to end that long losing streak, and then Perkins had the fumble going into the end zone, and, and uh, Virginia Tech ends up winning that game. Uh, you know, that was probably as crushing a loss for Virginia as there has been uh, in this rivalry because it felt like that streak that was weighing on them so heavily was going to end. And then the following year, when Virginia comes out and ends it, um, and the celebration there and, and everything that went into that. Um, you know, that was an interesting time because Bronco Mendenhall took a really unique approach to the Tech rivalry. I mean, he talked about it in spring ball. They broke, you know, the rock before the season started saying beat Tech. They broke huddle saying beat Tech. Um, he really embraced the idea that one of the first things he had to do in changing the, the direction of that program was get a win over Virginia Tech. So when they came so close and didn't get it, I thought that was as big a gut punch delivered by Virginia Tech as you could have. And then the next year in 19, when they finally won, um, it really was a, a pretty impressive kind of uh, two-year span there for the rivalry, you know, being at its best. And remember in 19, uh, you're talking about a Virginia team that, that won the Coastal Division. But going into that game, you know, Tech was, was right there. So um, I know it's recency bias, but for the time on the beat, you know, that sort of crescendo of those two years was pretty exciting. And then uh, Tech obviously has come back the last two years and, and won it again and sort of righted the ship, if you will. And you can read all of Mike Barber's work covering UVA and Virginia Tech uh, for this big game tomorrow on Richmond.com. Follow him on social media, RTD underscore Mike Barber. And I saw you just posted a new pod with David Teal. I love the ACC breakdown that you guys do on the Teal and Barber podcast. Give us a little preview. Yeah, we kind of went through, you know, certainly what we just talked about today, uh, Saturday's matchup. But we looked a little bit around the ACC and, you know, what do we think will happen with Florida State and, and Louisville? And, um, you know, it, it's going to be it, – it's such an interesting situation that Florida State finds itself in now with the injury to Jordan Travis. And everyone's talking about their their path to the college football playoffs. I mean, I'm looking at a team, 
that's scheduled in the non-conference, LSU and Florida. Uh, if you go undefeated, you're an ACC team, you go undefeated, and you win two SEC non-conference games, the idea that you could be left out is sort of stunning. At the same time, because of the injury, you know they're going to be evaluated not just on winning these next two games, Florida in the finale and Louisville in the ACC title game, but I think it's going to have to take some style points. And um, I think the Seminoles deserve to be in the college football playoff, but I think they have some work to do uh, to prove that they're still a great team without their quarterback. Great stuff as always, Mike. I appreciate it, and uh, hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving. We did. Hope you did, and enjoy Florida. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD on the Road, presented by Club D3 Travel here in Disney for the wide world of sports, ESPN Events Invitational. Phone lines are open 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. We are always available to stream on the go on the free Odyssey app. Download it today, A-U-D-A-C-Y. I had some people that I met here in Florida asking how they could listen to the show. I said it's easy, and it's free on the Odyssey app. You can download it. You can hear music, play-by-play, and the best damn sports talk here in town. I'm Adam Epstein. This is AWOD Radio, and I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving dinner. I I will say... I usually am against people posting pictures of their food. Like, I love a food video from start to finish, right? If you're cooking at home and you're starting with, with nothing and you're, you're, you're making it out of thin air and you're making pasta or something, I love those kind of videos or people cooking chicken wings. But I usually am against, like, people just posting their, a picture of their food because I don't know how you cooked it. I don't know how you, you made the whole process to get it there, and usually the food pictures don't even look that appetizing. But I will say Thanksgiving is the one day of the year where I enjoy people posting their food pictures. I saw a ton of people posting videos and pictures of their turkeys or their turduckins or their honey ham or their stuffing, and I hope everyone was able to stuff their face and enjoy their Thanksgiving. And uh, speaking of that, we wanted to do an impromptu dude food here on The Fan. Dude food. We're not responsible for the content of this program. Or anything we say when we're really hungry. Where's my food? Dude, where's my food? The most delicious food you've ever tasted. Yes! How can he piss off a flip-flop? <laughs> he loves food. Dude food. All right, so Wednesday, Stubb and I both went over our perfect Thanksgiving plates. I told you my story about the plate, Stub. They threw away my perfect plate, unfortunately. <laughs> they did, did you get your perfect plate? Yesterday? I did. I did. No mac and cheese, unfortunately. It, that's kind of like an oh. iffy if we get that. Really? Because you know what mac and cheese I had was the exact one that you were talking about with the crumbs on top. No, I saw your video on Twitter. It looked delicious. I, I really yeah. wanted it. <laughs> yeah. I was ready for seconds. You know, that was the whole thing. I, I, I made myself a small plate and then I made a giant plate that I was going to stuff myself with and then go into a food coma. You can't get into a food coma if they throw away the plate. <laughs> no, you can't. It's messed up. It's messed up what happened to yeah. you, and I'm really sorry. Yeah, I know. I'm going to have to do Thanksgiving again when I get back to Richmond. It's just an excuse to eat more turkey. <laughs> and and that's the, I think that's the best part of Thanksgiving for me is the leftovers. I had a you know yeah. a leftover Thanksgiving turkey sandwich for lunch today. Oh, you already ate one this morning? Oh, you brought it in? I brought it in because I'm here a bit later than I usually am. I'd love to hear about this. What'd you bring in? 
I, it wasn't a, it, it wasn't very Thanksgiving forward. I just had it was a sandwich with just Thanksgiving turkey and mayonnaise on it, and then I got an apple, a protein <laughs> bar, and uh, some Fritos. See here, that's where you messed up because I always try to do the next day sandwich. So you get a roll that you was served at Thanksgiving. You carve it open, and then you put turkey, you put stuffing, you put gravy. Uh, it maybe even put like a ham or a chicken, uh, more meat on there, maybe some cheese, and and it should be so big you can't even fold the bread together. <laughs> well, I, I had to bring it into. I brought it in here, and I only have a lunchbox, and I didn't want to go through all the trouble <laughs> of heating it up and all that. So maybe when I get home for dinner, I'll try yeah, that out. Yeah, our our microwaves work, and you know nobody's in the building today. You, That's you true. I am alone in here. In there, you know, <laughs> yeah, you are alone in there. <laughs> it was kind of sad pulling up to the parking lot. Only car, only person in the office. Didn't get to say hi to Zach like I usually do in the morning. <laughs> Got the whole studio to myself. Yeah, I know. You fart it up in there. Make it stink. <laughs> um, all right, so how? Uh, what else did you do on Thanksgiving? Give me the whole recap here. Uh, just, you know, woke up woke up late, slept in. You know, I love yep. to do that. And then yep. uh, watched uh, the first two football games with the family. Nice. Uh, we were able to sneak in dinner between the Packers game and the Washington game. Yeah. So uh, things timed out pretty well there. Eight. And then uh, by the time the uh, Commanders game was over, I had uh, too much of the cocktail that I had made, and I oh. took a nap. What cocktail did you make? It was uh, like an apple cider mule. So it was just apple cider, ginger beer, and vodka, and I poured okay. a little too heavily for the family. Yeah. Okay. So you got your perfect Thanksgiving plate, though. So you, you were satisfied. I was. Turkey, mashed potatoes, and stuffing. And then I always, every holiday, my parents forced me to make them a big cocktail punch, and then everyone drinks too much of it. Yeah. Every single yeah. holiday. <laughs> that sounds really good. Any other stories you wanted to bring up on Dude Food today, We got man? another new Taco Bell item that I might oh, have to wait. try. The only okay. problem is it's a breakfast item, and I'm usually not up early enough for it, but yeah. it is loaded breakfast tots. You know what? I don't hate that. I don't like, hate it usually either. Usually I hate Taco Bell stuff, and I can't stand their commercials with Pete Davidson now, where you don't know if it's a commercial or if it's a bit. He's just kind of doing stand-up at a Taco Bell uh, no, thank you. But um, I will. I, I'm kind of interested in their yeah. tacho. Uh, what is it again? Nacho breakfast tots. Tots. So we've, a lot of people call those tachos. And uh, I, I will say, I do love a loaded tot, but I think loaded fries are a lot better in my opinion. Yeah, I think it depends. And I haven't had a tot from Taco Bell, so I don't mm -hmm. know if it's the good stuff. Buddies, they make some good tots. Yeah. I don't know if you've had really. Yeah, it comes with because you there you have a choice of fries or tots. And I uh -huh. usually go with the tots. They're crispy. They're crispy and they're crunchy. I, oh, I love that. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm going to have to get some good food today uh, here in Florida. Uh, yeah. So they, they took away my plate yesterday. But then when I went back to the hotel, uh, me and Zach Joaquin were hanging out. He got a salad uh, and I had a few drinks and we had a really good uh, time. And, and look, we, we were, of course, you know, venting about the VCU loss. But we're here in Florida. We're here in Disney. We're having a, a, a great time. And, of course, I'm broadcasting live from Kitty O'Shea's Irish Pub and Buffalo Bar, the best Buffalo wings here in Orlando. And I'm going to be getting some more of them before I head out of here today. It's A1 on the Road, a special edition from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. So usually we'd be starting the show in about five minutes with the sports app and all that good stuff. Uh, but we're actually going to roll into NFL hits, recap the three Thursday Thanksgiving games and preview the Black Friday game that's coming up later today. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. It's NFL Hits coming up next. <laughs> 